one of the small silver linings of this 76-day sheltering in place is that I finally have time uh, I finally have time to send out birthday and anniversary cards to you, assuming that you gave us those dates. The message inside those cards that I write is often a variation on may you find ways to celebrate life and give thanks for all your blessings, even in these dark times. Today is Pentecost, or what we colloquially colloquially like to call the birthday of the church. So I feel it's incumbent upon me to offer you that same hopeful note this morning that I write in those birthday cards. That's not so easy. The word Pentecost comes from the Greek word for 50th. And the day arrives 50 days after Easter Day. Actually, 49, it's seven weeks, but close enough. It's based on the Jewish feast of Pentecost, which was also called the Festival of Weeks, a harvest celebration when the first wheat was gathered and offered in the Temple at Jerusalem as Thanksgiving. Now, the Jewish holiday does fall 50 days after the first full day of Passover. And there's a direct tie to Passover's eating of unleavened bread and Pentecost's offering from the wheat harvest. Jews back then observed three pilgrimage festivals when the faithful of Judah were supposed to travel to the Temple of Jerusalem and make offerings. Just for fun, those three festivals were Pesach, Passover, Shavuot, Pentecost, and Sukkot, the Festival of Booths. So in today's reading from Acts, that pilgrimage is why we find Jews from all over the known world together at Jerusalem when the disciples speak in tongues and are understood by everyone. The Holy Spirit arrives as tongues of fire. Fire burns. Fire refines. Fire illuminates. When the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples gathered at Pentecost, it came as tongues of fire to burn away their fear, refine their focus, and illuminate their faith. The Spirit unleashed their tongues to prophesy in every language and proclaim God's deeds of power. We call it the birthday of the church because that morning, the disciples found their voice, their inner strength, and a new chapter of God's saving love was born. I can't help but notice that artwork that depicts this event, including the El Greco on today's service bulletin cover, often shows the Holy Spirit's fire as little flames dancing atop the disciples' heads, like flickering birthday candles. Fire burns. As of 7.30 p.m. last night, 25 cities across 16 states have imposed mandatory curfews as a result of some protests that have turned violent. 
25 cities have erupted in protests since last Monday, following the death of George Floyd, who lost consciousness and died while in police custody in Minneapolis after one officer pinned him with a knee to his neck for almost nine minutes. A police precinct was torched in that city. And across America, officers' vehicles have been smashed and burned, stores looted and torched, people killed, and stores arrested or injured, fires everywhere. All this while we are still struggling to emerge from months of sheltering in place, months when racism and violence seem to have taken a holiday. But we're really just taking a breather. The Reverend William Barber, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign in America, suggested what we're seeing out there is public mourning. Mourning can be ugly, angry, and overwhelming. On the other hand, mourning has no right to destroy small businesses and injure others. Even so, while there are most certainly lawless elements out there wreaking havoc for the helmet, I have often wondered why such rebellions as these don't happen more often, given the daily need to the neck under which so many African Americans struggle to breathe and to live. Even now, I imagine some Americans take more offense when black athletes take a knee at the national anthem than when they take a knee to the neck. When the crowd hears the disciples speaking in tongues, some refuse to understand the words they're hearing, and they chalk it up to drunkenness. But Peter stands up and proclaims these words from the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below blood, and fire, and smoking mist. Could it be that what we see on the news in this past week is prophecy? Not predicting the future prophecy, but this is what will result if we do not change our ways and turn to God prophecy. How could we expect 400 years of oppression to result in peace and harmony, or at least in containment? Fire refines. I want to believe that this season of pandemic, and now this season of protest, is like a refiner's fire that will burn away impurities and leave us with a clearer vision of what must be discarded or improved in our society. A fever that will cleanse our world of its rampant viruses, greed, 
ignorance, hatred, racism. That health care for all should now be obvious. That those people we never regarded much before, grocery clerks, delivery people, cleaners, have become essential workers. And we now realize they deserve fair wages and benefits. That there will never be true justice in this country until we learn to treat black people and other people of color and other people who are other as precious fellow children of God and establish laws of equity to back it up. That we have been choking our planet with our polluted lifestyles, kneading its neck until it lashed out in self-protection. I do not mean to make light of the hundreds of thousands dead, of millions infected, of hundreds now injured. But maybe sometimes there has to be what looks like chaos, looks like a drunken Pentecost mass hallucination, so that a new vision of life can be established. The Holy Spirit arriving as a refining fire that burns away our fattened complacency and leaves us with the leanness of clarity and insight, with the focus and determination to now lead with grace and wisdom, with justice and compassion. Maybe the first step is to admit that the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us something we might not want to hear. That we will probably choose not to hear and continue to suffer the consequences. Fire illuminates. Even in these times, there are little sparks of hope. One of our St. Luke's graduates, despite having been deprived of the rites of passage that come with the final semester of high school, has been inspired to set up a grocery shopping service for the elderly and others who cannot easily do it themselves. Rather than sulk, this graduate is reaching out to help others who might be suffering and seeing their suffering and wanting to do something about it. Just heard this morning about a restaurant in Los Angeles, a Somali restaurant owner. She had to close her business when the COVID-19 crisis struck and had to make that choice between either paying for her business's insurance or paying her employees. She chose to pay her employees. Then protesters burned her business to the ground. And she now has no insurance to pay for it. But even then, she said on the radio, my tables and chairs may come back someday. George Floyd never will. You may have heard about the bird watcher in Central Park uh, and the uh, dog walker incident. African-American named Christian Cooper, who was an avid bird watcher, was in the Randalls, a section of Central Park, 
And uh, in that section, you are supposed to keep your dogs, your dog on a leash. A woman whose wife came with her dog unleashed, and he asked her to leash it, and that became an altercation that resulted in her phoning 911 and saying that an African-American man was threatening her. Um, and luckily, no one was harmed. Except that when the video that the African-American man took, because he knew he had to have some evidence that something went wrong, went viral, the woman, Amy Cooper, was fired from her job at Franklin Templeton Investments and was forced to return her dog, Henry, to the place where she had adopted it. And so, there was a tragedy, actually, uh, in the interaction. But Christian Cooper, the African-American bird watcher, said in an interview, he said, you know, I'm not excusing the racism but I don't know that her life needed to be torn apart. And for her part, Amy Cooper, the white woman, admitted, I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about his intentions when in fact I was the one who was acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash. Now that may seem like a small thing to you, but what these four people, our graduate the Somali restaurant owner, the bird watcher, and the dog walker, what they have in common is an ability to acknowledge the pain and suffering of others, even when they themselves are struggling through their own. This is how fire that burns and refines can also illuminate when it shows us the path through our own troubles so that we can have compassion for the suffering of others, even in the midst of our own. That's, that's an illumination that we are called to have, all of us, in this time of suffering and struggle at whatever level. We need to see past ourselves. The Holy Spirit did not come to make us feel better but to make us feel burned, refined, and illuminated. So it's a happy birthday. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one night, restless and unable to sleep, sat at his kitchen table with a cup of coffee, despairing from all the death threats and setbacks in his work as a leader of the civil rights movement. At that table, at that kitchen table that night, he poured it all out to God. Then he writes, At that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never before experienced him. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for truth. God will be at your side forever. That was enough to renew his strength for the work ahead. The disciples were strengthened on that first Pentecost day to go out and do the work of proclaiming the saving deeds of God in Christ. 
We are called to our own strengths for the work of the world that is ahead. Whatever it may be, may we not shirk. So, maybe I didn't succeed in wishing you a happy birthday today like I did on those cards I send and give you a message of hope. But, you know, I do wish for you and for all of us a birthday. To be born is something new and kinder and better. For our country, for our churches, for ourselves, this is the only way. Through the burning and the refinement and the illumination, may the Holy Spirit guide us and bring us to new birth, that we may save this world. You have such a birth.